0: Hi,
1: I'm Tom Savini, and you're watching Without Your Head, But Why?
2: And we're live here at the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neal, and I'm joined by actor, stuntman, just the all-around horror icon, Tom Savini. It's very cool to have Yay! You. Hello. And Jason Baker, director of Smoke and Mirrors, the story of Tom Savini. So it was very fortunate that you got Tom Savini for this movie, or else it would have been a very strange...
0: Uh, yeah, it would have been kind of weird. What yeah. would it be so called?
2: What would it be called? Yeah, yeah I
0: don't know. What
1: would it, be called?
2: Hmm. it would be cool if we still just called that, but it was about you yeah. know something completely different. A <laughs> monster So Actually, how did this come about? Like, whose idea was to do the um, the documentary? It was c- completely
1: Jason's idea.
2: And I assume people probably came to you before, Tom. Like, let's do a documentary. So, why this time did it? Did you think this is, this is the person I want to do it with?
1: Well, Fangoria did this thing called Screen Greats a long time ago. Um, going to Pieces, um, there's been a few of them uh, where I was featured in them. But, you know, this is the first one that's, com- well, Screen Greats was completely about me. But this is uh, all about me. And, uh, you know, Jason tells the story of, you know, he went to my makeup school. Then he went to the George Romero Film School. And then we did a short film together. And that's when uh he... uh he liked, uh, you know, he heard all these things about Tom's. Jason, why don't you tell it?
0: <laughs> well, you know, you, you see stuff online and you, you see it about everybody. And I heard, you know, some negative things about Tom. And then I met him and I was like, this guy is wonderful. Like, I don't understand the bad rap he had. And we just would, you know, again, like Tom was saying, we were on his film and we just kind of would shoot the shit and Tom would tell these amazing stories. And I just saw the way he was with the crew and, his grandson was in the film and his daughter was there. And I saw the way that like, he just was so wonderful with his family. And then finding out that Tom was like a single father and doing everything as well. And I was just like, wow, this is a really compelling story. And, you know, like I've said before, I'm like, there's nothing against single moms, but there's a lot of single mom stories and there's not a lot of single dad stories. And so to find out that, you know, here's Tom doing all of these amazing films and work and everything. And then on top of that, raising a child by himself i'm like this is a very unique story that i would love to tell and we pitched the idea to tom and just kind of told him we you know we didn't really want to go into his career as much as his personal stuff because um you know again dvds and blu-rays and you know supplemental materials have covered a lot of that and i just felt that we'd be just be kind of treading the same ground over and over again so to me i was like it's not so much the films you made but the guy who made them and what you were going through doing that is what interests me on a human level, you know, and just finding these amazing stories that like, you know, here's Tom making this directing night of living dead, which is one of my favorite films growing up. And then you find out that while he's doing all of this and making a film on top of it, you know, he's going through a divorce. And I'm like, that's amazing (laughs) that it's like, you're still able to make out, make this amazing film while going through one of the worst situations that I think anybody could ever possibly go through. And, um, you know, just, just hundreds of stories like that. It was just, I felt really compelling and just organic and unique. So I kind of just asked Tom to sit down and we, you know, put stories to, to cinema.
2: Mm-hmm. Are you cool with that you- being like really open about you know, some of the personal things? I'm sorry. Say that again. Uh, were you uh, cool with that? The idea of uh, being open about uh, some of your personal life that you might not have talked about before.
1: Yeah. Uh, have you you've seen it, right? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Well, it does have a lot of heart because of what Jason was just saying. But uh, on a personal level, uh, I took it. I showed it in Montreal at a film festival. And after it was over, I apologized to the crowd for all the personal stuff. And they said, no, that's what we want. I mean, they know about my movie career and stuff, but but don't get it wrong. Uh, uh, the movie uh, is filled with personal stuff, but there's also a lot of my films and stage plays and uh, makeup effects. I mean, we're not depriving an audience of all that stuff. You know, mm-hmm. that stuff was going on around all the personal stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. It's interesting because some of the personal stuff kind of ties into uh, to your career. Like uh, you grew up with the idea that, uh, you know, I don't want to spoil the movie, but the idea that you have to do a lot of different things to succeed and uh, that kind of answer why well, you're doing all these different things early in your career. That's
1: the first thing. Uh, that's the first thing. The first sentence in my special makeup effects book is the more you do, the more you get to do. And I tell my students that all the time, the more skills you have, if you want to be involved in the movies, the more things you can do, the easier it is to get in the door and you must get in the door. Cause once you're in the door making fiberglass all day, if they like you and your personality shines. I mean, we had a guy on creep show that came in as a PA. That's just a glorified gopher before the movie was over. He was an assistant director because they liked him and, you know, and, but getting in the door is, is key to uh, success sometimes.
2: Mm-hmm. And I also want to say what Jason said about uh, some people have bad experiences. And, you know, that's not a secret. People say this online, but I've met Tom several times and he's always been very nice to me. And not just because he's here. Uh, you know. Well,
1: you know, um, I can I can admit that I was pretty arrogant at conventions. You know, I felt, I don't know, it was a weird mindset that I had to change. And George Clooney had a lot to do with it. On Dusk Till Dawn, he was the nicest man I've ever met. And it proves that it doesn't take a lot of effort to be nice. I would say in the last 10 years there's been a huge change in my attitude at conventions. You know, uh, every person that walks up to the table, it's a new show and it's for them. And that comes, from, that comes from being in theater, you know. It's a new show every night, you know, no matter how many times you've done it. So when you're at a convention and answering the same question, you know, uh, 750 times in one day, it's a show, you know. And for them, it's a new show. So um, I think you can, I can safely say, there's been a huge change in my attitude. I am a very nice guy at conventions, but, uh, these, but there have been a lot of negative comments uh, before that, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's what Jason was talking about. He saw all that, and then in his personal experiences, I was not that person, and he wanted to make sure the world knew that.
2: Uh, Ashley here in the chat room, she says, uh, the personal stuff really helps magnify the level of heart and drive behind uh, Tom's career. It's inspiring and helps motivate her. Well, thank you, Ashley. So how long did it take to, to put this together, Jason? And there's some you know, older, seven years.
0: Uh, seven years. Seven years. Two years, years. long. <laughs> so um, I think it took us about six and a half, almost seven years. Um, and it was just, again, when you don't have money, you got to spend time and um it was stuff like you know again like we'd sit tom down and we'd do an interview and then after we were done with the interview tom would realize something you know, we he'd be like oh wait i i totally just remembered this thing that we should talk about and he'd be like yes we should when can we sit you down for another interview and he's like in two months when i get back from you know i gotta go shoot right. this movie and you're like okay well there's that or you know or like guys like you know and then we run into alice cooper and alice cooper's like i have to be in your film I'm available in December and you're like, well, it's May. So, you're. <laughs> but all right. So we'll just get you then. Um, a, lot took of a, lot of, um, a lot of going through all of Tom's archives was a huge test. Cause you know, like says in the film, Tom was a combat photographer, but Tom's also just been a shutter bug his whole life. He loves photography and taking photos. And so he has countless videos of behind the scenes and family videos and you know, photographs from all the way. God, Tom, you have photographs from, from a home video from before you were born, all the way up to now. So you know, going through going through seventy plus years of of someone who is prolific of you know photographer and videographer and stuff was that was a, a huge task. Um, uh, and then what was the oh the the Friday Thirteenth video game was kicked it back about n- almost a year because. Um, Harry Manfredini was, was told us he was going to do this, you know, want to do the score. And we were like, Of course, it's Harry fucking Manfredini. He's amazing. And Harry started on it. And then he, but he'd already started the Friday 13th video game. And then they decided to switch to the first person and make the whole first person segment of the video game. So Harry was already like contractually obligated to finish that before he could do the film. So that pushed it back, you know, nine months, almost a year. And then, you know, and then COVID, you know, of course, COVID came along and fucked everything up. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. so almost nine years later, we're finally getting a DVD release this January. So yeah.
2: that's very exciting. Uh, I don't know. Can you put into words, Tom, what interested you initially in photography, like, to, you know, to capture these images?
1: Um, probably one of my older brothers. I had four older brothers and every one of them was an influence on me. My oldest brother was a tattoo artist and a sculptor. He was studying to be a mortician. I had a brother that was just in the physical fitness. So they've all had an influence on me. But probably um, uh, my, my older brother, Henry, um, with, you know, I remember the very first camera, it was an Argus C3. It wasn't the, you know, it was a 35 millimeter. But also, uh, you know, I had a dark room. I would have to process and develop and print pictures in the dark room. Today, I can take your picture. And in 10 seconds, it's in the hands of a friend in Australia. Right. You know, it's a miracle compared to what you had to do back then to get a picture made, you know. Yeah. So probably, and and then the movie Blow Up with David Hemmings. That really shot me and my close friends back then into wanting to be photographers, you know. That movie was about a photographer who thinks he can solve a murder by what he's seeing in the background of the photos he's taking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, who directed that? I think it was... Oh, I forget, but blow up that movie had a huge influence as far as photography goes, you know? So, you know, and I enlisted in the army to stay out of Vietnam because when you enlist, you get your choice of schools. You don't go right into infantry. And I chose photography, you know, cause I was a photographer. I had a dark room. So I must've been good. Cause as soon as I graduated, they sent me right to Vietnam.
2: <laughs> yeah. Some, you know, uh, definitely dark part of the documentary. And, um, so when when you see you know real life uh, horror and you you're open about this about you know you would see these things and think well how can I recreate this li- later on yeah it's yeah. kind of a weird question but um so when you are making movies and you are doing you know gore and stuff um is there a line between I want to make this like realistic and I want to make this uh, cinematic because m- maybe cinematic is more gory than what realistic would be I don't
1: know or vice versa no reputable. no real realistic realistic would be my my reputation is based on. Realism. I mean, it has to be anatomically correct. I'm the only makeup artist that has seen the real thing, real cadavers uh, blown up with grenades and, you know, stuff like that. I'm the one that knows that after, like, after 24 hours, red blood turns brown. That's why I hate in movies when they go to a crime scene, it's like the next day and the blood is red. They made a huge mistake, you know, or there's blood on somebody. Uh, and then, like a zombie or something. And then, you know, two days later or whatever, it's, it's still blood red. No, it wouldn't happen. So that's, that's because I've seen the real thing. Also, I hate in movies when an actor is trying, is portraying a dead body and he's, you know, and he's trying to look pleasant for the camera. You know, when you're dead, none of your muscles work, including your jaw. The body, a dead body is always slack jawed, you know, depending on the position it's in. Yeah. But these muscles don't work. So an actor that's not doing that is not doing a good job portraying a cadaver. You know? And I told that to Quentin Tarantino, and I'm sure he's been making sure that if you're dead, you better be slack-jawed. But these are only things that I know because of experience. You know, And if I create something, as you were asking, it has to give me the same effect, that I, the same feeling I got when I saw the real stuff or the fake stuff isn't real enough. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
2: That, when you work on day of the dead, what was that experience like? You, uh, not just, you know, making the zombies and stuff, but the, uh, the themes of the movie, you know, it's, it's the military and people have, you know, a form of PS PTSD again, you know, they've seen all this horror and they're losing their mind. And did that affect you at all, you know, working on that movie?
1: No, not at all. No, no, Because, um, um, day of the dead was completely different from dawn of the dead. Mm-hmm. Because in Dawn of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead was a sequel to Night of the Living Dead, which was a black and white movie. So on Dawn of the Dead, I thought, well, just make them gray, you know, because then you know who is a zombie and who isn't. But the light made them blue. It made them green, the, the fluorescent lights, you know. So Day of the Dead was the first time that all the zombies were different. They weren't just one color. They were different. Degree- because if you die in the attic, in a hot attic compared to dying in a wet basement, you know are gonna look completely different and you know i would go to the county coroner and ask him what would what what would happen you know so day of the dead is is a very realistic for me uh depiction of what zombies should have looked like you know mm-hmm. and plus they gave me shit when the first effect was the hands coming through the wall yeah. and they were all different and they were like tom they're all different why aren't they all gray like Don? because ethnically uh, you will you will die and deteriorate differently you, just China person compared to an Italian guy, you know, or you know, a black person, you, you're gonna de- you know, it's, it's gonna be different. So, I, I I was going for that change, I was going for that difference in Day of the Dead. But the military thing, you know, I wanted to play uh, Joe Pilato, I wanted to play uh, Rhodes. Uh, George didn't let me, he didn't think I could do the effects and play that part. And Joe Pilato was wonderful, yeah. Um, but uh, the whole, you know, we didn't call it P- PTSD back then. Right. When I came back from Vietnam, I most definitely had it, but we didn't call it that, you know. I just felt like I couldn't feel anything. Um, my emotions, you had to turn off your emotions there to do what I was doing, you know. And they don't just come right back on. You know, it was a movie that made my emotions come back. When I saw Midnight Cowboy, spoiler alert, when Dustin Hoffman dies in midnight, I went crazy. I was completely hysterical, but years of pent up held back emotions came out of me. And from that day on, I had emotions again. I enjoyed sunsets. I, you know, my marriage went right in the toilet, but, uh, you know, I, I was a completely different person after that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Jason, uh, you mean, you
2: have so many, you mentioned, uh, you know, a bunch of so many names in, in the film. Uh, did you find that most people were like really, you know, up to, uh, and wanting to talk about Tom?
0: Yeah, everybody was great. Uh, it was funny. The only person that it wasn't even them, it was their management, because of course management was uh I come into that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it was so it was really funny. Like we reached out to Kevin Smith, and Kevin Smith is a huge fan of Tom's, He's hired Tom, you know, Tom was in Zach and Miri when they were shooting dogma here in Pittsburgh, like Kevin invited Tom down to the set and everything. And, you know, they're always doing the Monroeville Zombies thing, you know, and always paying homage to Tom and everything else. So we reached out to Kevin's manager, and his manager was just like no fucking way. And uh, so it was funny. And then about once the documentary came out, we went and did a, uh, we were on uh, Kevin Smith's, one of his podcasts for his smodco company. And they're like, Oh yeah. Is there anybody who just said, fuck you? And we we're like, <laughs> you <laughs> Kevin Smith. They're like, Oh shit. So, but no, man, either than that, like everybody we reached out to, you know, I think we tried to get Quentin and Quentin's just, you know, he's, he's a unicorn. Like, hunting that guy down is next to impossible. But, you know, everybody we did get, everybody we were able to reach out to was amazing. You know, nobody, anybody we talked to was like, yes, I have to be in this. We'll make it work. Let me know. You know, I mean, Robert Rodriguez took time out of his, the 20th anniversary celebration of From Dust Till Dawn to come. And we, we shot that in, like, the storage facility of a movie theater in Austin, Texas, during, like, it was... Robert, he was literally, they had the 20th anniversary special for Dusk Dawn. He was getting a Lifetime Achievement Award at the Austin Film Society, and he was launching the Dusk Dawn TV series, like, all within two days. And he still, like, during that time, he took time to sit down and give us an hour of an interview with Tom. So it was just, you know, that just goes, it's just testament to show how much people who have been lucky enough and honored enough to work with Tom, how much they love and adore him. So, and that was the same way with everybody, you know, like Alice Alice Cooper was like, yeah, no, I know I know I'm playing in front of like 50,000 people in an hour, but let's do this. And just stuff like that. So, um, yeah, just the the love that all of Tom's friends and coworkers have for him, it, I hope hopefully it shows in the documentary.
2: No, it definitely does. You can tell they're they're having a lot of fun uh, talking about Tom and Uh, That's a weird question, Tom, but when you watch a documentary about yourself and you see everyone talking about you, uh, you know, what do you think of it?
1: Well, I'm being judgmental as a filmmaker, you know, uh, uh, concerned with structure. Uh, Is it interesting? here? We need something in the middle to propel us to the end. So let's throw in a magic trick where I can put knives to Jason's head inside a box. Or we need to open up with effects after effect after effect to grab people's attention and then start talking about my dad and immigration and blah 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 blah. So my concern was structure. So when I'm watching it, here's here's my thing, and this is true of anything I've ever done. If something bothers you about it, you must change it or get rid of it because every time you look at it, it's going to bother you. So I wanted to make sure that nothing's going to bother me when I look at it. So we, I mean, so being objective is kind of difficult, you know. Um, I, I I see it through other people's eyes, like when you're talking about it, or when people say, hey, man, this thing has a lot of heart. Then I can reflect on, yes, the moments that give it heart, you know. Yeah. But my contribution was uh, 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 structure, structure-oriented,
2: you know. Yeah.
1: It seems your yeah, family I mean, was really – I'm
2: sorry, were you saying something, Jason?
0: No, no, no. I was going to say I've just always been a fan of the, the horror structure where any good horror movie, like um, – American Werewolf in London is a prime example. Three minutes in, there's a huge kill. So it's like something that really grabs you, holds you into the movie, and then it's, what, 45 minutes until the transformation. So that was sort of, back to Tom's structure, that was sort of my mindset was that if we do this big, huge, over-the-top intro with Doug and Tom's effects and everything, that way we'll hopefully grab the audience and then we can work our way through stuff that might, you know, that people might find interesting or at least get to like you know the effects and get back into like the fun splatter goriness of the film and then we go you know and then we roll back into more serious stuff so and a
1: lot of guys well not just guys but there was a lot of people who reacted to me talking about my father and wanting to you know looking out a window and wanting so much to turn around and go hug him and tell him i love him which i never did and i think that's A lot of people had that same experience, you know. They didn't do it for some reason. And, you know, luckily for me, before he died, I was able to do that. But a lot of people identified with that, that personal thing, you know, that, that, um, yeah. And then, as Jason was saying, there's a wowie beginning, and then we talk about my childhood. But in my childhood, some interesting things happened about my, you know, my first job being Dracula. So there were some interesting things in there that showed that I had a kind of an unusual uh, magic filled childhood
2: yeah
1: it seemed your family real,
2: was really supportive about uh, pursuing the arts but like uh, how about the rest of the community and like your friends and...
1: no no I, I grew up in I grew up in little Italy <laughs> right. you know uh, there were hoods with motorcycle jackets and greasy hair you know and I was the weird one because I would go see West Side Story and then take the album over to my friends' houses, and they're all, you know, football players and beer drinkers, and here I am with this album of West Side Story. I promise you, within a half an hour, I had them leaping over couches, (laughs) snapping their fingers to the beat of and singing the songs, because it was about a gang, a New York City gang, and it was a musical. So I guess I was pretty entertaining to those guys, because I wasn't, you know, I played football, too, you know, uh, I quit the high school band to play football. So I was hanging out with that group, but I was kind of the artistic influence for that group, you know?
2: Yeah, interest. Well, once you're a Jet, you're a Jet all the way from your first cigarette
1: to your last dying day. So. I really, I, you know, I couldn't believe it. It was hilarious. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, Jason, I want to ask about uh, wrestling, because I saw, well, I know, I knew Tom, you know, did some of the masks for uh, WWE, and uh, I see you do, do a lot with WWE as well. You look like you could have been with the Wyatts.
0: Yeah, I get that a lot. Like, it's really funny. Like, people, I'll like meet somebody random on an airplane, and you know, kind of start talking. They're like, "Oh, you know, I'm heading to WWE for work." And they're like, oh, "Are you a wrestler?" And I'm like, "Nope, <laughs> I am art department." <laughs> so, but didn't you didn't you stand in for Bray on some sequence? Oh, really? Uh, no, no, we were it, they were supposed to do something, and we never got around to doing any of that. So okay, but yeah, yeah no, it's really funny. Any t- Mook from Corporate anytime he's describing me to like meet somebody he's like just look for a guy that looks like bray without dreadlocks
1: <laughs> are you a wrestling fan tom uh yeah I, I, even when i was a kid my dad used to take me to wrestling locally when it was bruno san martino and killer kowalski and crusher lazowski batman you know uh yeah it was uh I, yeah uh definitely whoops
2: are you still there yeah, uh, we can't see you at the moment, but uh, but we can. Yeah,
1: I got a. a Jason Franny's got a call coming in. I, I'm okay. not gonna. I'm not gonna answer it, but uh, <laughs> maybe when when it stops ringing, this this thing will be gone. <laughs> right, right. But uh, Bruno would have been huge. Okay, in here we go. Yeah, hit Bruno. When the host has asked you. The host has You're asked back? you to start
0: your video. Okay, I'm back.
2: All right, yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah. But I was oh, gonna say, uh, sure, Bruno must been
0: huge in Pittsburgh. Yeah, Bruno still is huge in Pittsburgh. He's, I mean, he's a legend. He's he's up there with like everybody else. So
2: yeah, yeah. I was very fortunate. I interviewed Bruno a couple times on the show.
0: Oh,
1: excellent,
0: excellent. Yeah, I once, but I had to go all the way to Orlando to WrestleMania to meet him, and he was like making fun of me about it. He's like, (laughs) "Why didn't you just come and find me in the North Side?"
2: Yeah, I remember meeting him, and uh, I was a lot heavier at the time and i was very tired i remember it was in the morning and he was like jogging around the whole uh, the whole building early in the morning and i was like really yeah he's much older than me i was like oh wow this guy yeah, yeah
3: he was like in the best shape i think oh, yeah. even for been in.
2: yeah he was like probably you know, pretty close to 80 at the time yeah um but i want to mention i've creep show up here it's my it's the original clamshell. It's the first uh um, first vhs my mom bought me back uh, in the 80s uh, it's a very special movie to me And uh, so um, when you're making um, monsters, like, do you just have free range, like however you want to create them? Or do they give you guidelines like this? No, I
1: I had friends of mine, artist friends of mine, uh, do sketches of what they thought Fluffy, the great creature, should look like. And then I did a bunch, you know. And we gave them all to Stephen King and George Romero, and they picked one of mine. So that's why Fluffy looks the way he does, because it's from a sketch that I did, you know. And and turned it into them. Oh, no. uh, Nate's He's corpse. Nate's hat. corpse. Huh? He's also on my hat. Fluffy. Oh, and, uh, and the corpse. It looks like my. It looks like my seventieth birthday cake. <laughs> they made a cake for me with all hopefully my
2: money. T- I think. Uh, hopefully, the cake tasted better than my hat. Yeah oh by the way how are you doing tom i know you you know you're in an accident not too long ago
1: yeah i'm almost 100 percent. i think i'm pretty much 100 percent. my shoulder still bugs me a little bit but not as much as it did and four weeks ago i couldn't do this now i can so
2: well, so i'm
1: almost 100 percent. yeah it was six months ago that that happened you know
2: oh that's like I got hit
1: by a car on my bicycle
2: oh wow, oh, wow. well i'm glad that you're doing better <laughs> i love that I you it, could, it could have been it. a
1: lot worse yeah it could have been a lot worse
2: so uh, how about creatively? Wh- which do you get more um, satisfaction from acting? It seems I didn't know you were so you know really into acting, uh, acting or uh, creating um, you know, effects.
1: It's kind of hard to say. I mean, when I'm doing effects, I feel like a magician when I'm acting. I'm, you know, somebody else, especially I did eight years of repertory theater where I was, you know, a different character, a different play every night. You know, uh, I really enjoyed that because you're the character for like an hour and a half two hours movie acting you're the character for 15 seconds and i hate that about movie acting i hate the the repetition you know i hate the paperwork i hate all the shit around having to be i just want to walk out and act and that's what the stage did so there was a lot of satisfaction in that but the the you know i just uh the, the makeup was a a chance to be a magician and to fool people but more importantly to scare them i love to scare people okay uh, I had a, I had many opportunities on stage to do that, like in the play Death Trap, when during my death scene, you know, blood came out of apparently nowhere. So the audience thought it was an accident, you know, something I had rigged up. So that was great fun doing it, you know, in front of a live audience where the first time you do it has to work. On a movie, it works because you got take two, you got take three. You can do it until it works, you know. But on stage, it, right then and there. So uh, what's more satisfying? Um, Directing is, you know, you're in charge of all departments, and you're just a mental wreck when you're directing. Special effects, you walk in, you do your thing, and then you leave, you know? But acting is the hardest thing to do. You have to cry in five minutes. Imagine how you would have to gear up your mentally, your state, to, for your body to produce tears. That's what an actor does. That's the hardest part. So the most satisfaction, um, I would have to say the the makeup effects. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting uh, what you just said there about, you know, you have to cry, you know, evoke emotions. And uh, when you came back from Vietnam, you said, you know, you don't have the, you didn't have the emotions. So I what was that, a zombie. Was the acting harder then after you came back? The, was what harder? Acting, being able, you know,
1: To show or how did that affect your acting? No, I mean, the acting was kind of like doing special effects. When I do special effects, I'm looking at the script and trying to figure out what they want. You know, talking to the director and all that. As an actor, I'm doing what's in the script. Mm -hmm. So an actor is lying every second of what he's doing. You know, so I it was easy for me to. Now, what what play did I do? I don't think I did plays until after seeing Midnight Cowboy. Yeah, that's true. The Line in Winter was my first play, and this was long after Midnight Cowboy. So my emotions had been turned back on.
2: Yeah. So it didn't affect my acting, yeah. I see. All right. And I also want to mention, I know you guys get another one coming up here in a couple minutes, but um, I thought it was really cool that you still collect masks and that, like, um, you know, all these years of making your own things, you still have the passion for, uh, I guess, monsters and masks. And I just want to know, do this, you have a few that are your, that are special to you?
0: Yeah. There's yeah.
1: a severed head on my stove that arrived in the mail today from <laughs> so Dome. You know, I, my mask collection is huge because when I was a kid, I shined shoes to buy masks. You know, I couldn't afford masks, you know, uh, the Captain Company in the back of Famous Monsters magazine. So, yeah, yeah, um, I have thousands of masks. You know, <laughs> uh,
2: Do you have any? Would you have like two or three that are stand out for you?
1: Um, yeah, uh, Dick Smith's Portrait of Dorian Gray mask. That's terrific. Uh, Sid Haig's clown from uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. Um, the six finger, David McCallum makeup mask from uh, Outer Limits. Uh, Charles Lawton as the Hunchback. Um, these are these are works of art to me. You know, um, those White are downstairs. amazing. Yeah, there's so many. I mean, if we were if we were in my studio back there. I could just turn my phone around, and you'll <laughs> see a thousand masks on the wall. You know, there's a full-size alien back there. There's a full-size wow. Predator in my backyard. is a full-size creature from the Black Lagoon up in my theater. There's a full-size Frankenstein Wolfman, a present
0: from Jason for my last
1: birthday. There's the, yeah, the everybody the, at the, the shop rabbit. Got
0: together, and we made Tom a life-size uh, Lunchini Wolfman for awesome
1: Oh,
3: that's amazing.
1: The, the Twilight Zone rabbit is up there. Uh, nice, you know. With a, oh, I have I have Robbie the robot. Hmm. I have a fully functioning Robbie the robot that cost more than a car in my bedroom. <laughs> and right next to him is a full size Gort from oh, the day. Nice. the Earth stood still. Now I'm surrounded. I'm completely surrounded <laughs> by masks <laughs> and swords and and uh, and horror makeups and things. Very good. I love it. So uh, this yeah, has been great. Fabulous. Yeah. And
2: uh, I really, lo- really love the movie. And uh, not to see you guys are <laughs> here, but it was, I, I'm always, I, I grew up a big fan of Tom Savini. My brother here, Troy, my older brother, he bought me the book, uh, the the makeup book. And I uh, Yeah, I read all about yeah. the uh, the Rice Krispie treats for uh, for the corpse and stuff. So i always been a fan. And it was very cool to see another side of you. Thank you. Thank you kindly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you did a great job, Jason. Thank you. Do. And uh, Jason, where can people follow the uh, the movie online to see you know where the uh, when it can eventually come out and where they? Can-
0: uh, well, it's streaming right now on Shutter. Oh, it is. Oh, cool. And then um, our the DVD and Blu-ray release, I believe Walmart and other and every other major retailer in North America around the first of the year. But um, if you guys just follow Tom on social media at, at the Tom Savini, or follow me uh, at at Baking Jason. I will definitely keep everybody updated as much as possible, and um, hopefully people can get their hands on it and enjoy it as much as you guys did.
2: Yeah, very cool. All right. Well, I appreciate, yeah, we appreciate you guys being on tonight.
0: Oh, thank you so much for having you us. Know, thank you, guys. You're very welcome.
1: Been I great. appreciate all your kind comments. Cool.
2: And enjoy Halloween. Yes,
1: yeah. always, always.
2: <laughs> yeah. Are you going to dress up as anything
1: for Halloween? I'm usually out of town at a haunted attraction. I, oh, yeah.
2: yeah, you're probably booked throughout the whole month, I would assume. But
1: Jason will. Jason is dressed. Yeah. Up.
2: Oh. What,
0: what's what? What do you have for uh, uh, everybody at the shop? And we're all doing a uh, classic slasher. So like, I'm doing Jason. Um, one of the other guys is Leatherface. We got an Elvira. We got a Ghostface. We got a Chucky. We got my wife's doing what she calls Butterface Freddy, where she's like got the <laughs> sexy Freddy costume, but she wants to wear the mask. All right. And I'm, like, gonna give me a complex so.
1: <laughs> but uh, whatever yeah. great. No,
0: she's, she's great just... but her face
1: yeah <laughs> exactly <So. laughs>
0: but uh yeah so but Tom's probably gonna be gone but we come and uh hand out candy him. kind of keep the tradition going you know the King tradition of always.
1: full-size candy bars
0: yeah oh, nice no, i mean you got you i mean if you're a fucking horror icon you gotta go big <laughs> <laughs> Alright, very cool. Alright, we'll let you guys go. Okay. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you
2: so much. It's
3: so nice meeting you. Yep. I know. Well, bye. Hi, this is Dr. Pinhead from the Hellraiser movies, and you are listening to Without Your Head. And you better keep listening to Without Your Head, or you will not only be without your
2: head, you will be without your soul because I will tear it apart. Alright. So, uh, so, Mr. Jones, Mr. Terrible One, it's good to talk to you. Yes. Nice to see you,
3: Mr. Nasty. Yeah. It
2: was very cool to talk with uh, Tom Savini.
3: Oh, the Rich best.
2: Maker. Very cool. I really enjoyed Smoke and Mirrors. Uh, great review by Slashly Ashley Turner on the Without Your Head uh, website. So you can check that out. Nice. Very From, nice. Uh, Dawn of the Dead uh, line shirt here. Oh, that's awesome. Got my Bub pin. We could probably do a
3: whole up. That's awesome. Exactly.
2: We could probably do a 13 on Tom Savini.
3: God, we could. That would be a lot of fun, I think. That'd be a good Halloween theme.
2: Yeah, I agree. That would be a fun one. Yeah, we gotta think of some uh, Halloween ones. Or we could just do effects of the year too.
3: Oh yeah. Yep.
2: We'll probably be doing a few more of the uh decade of decapitation before the end of the year.
3: Those are always a good time.
2: There's some uh cool horror movies coming out yeah looking forward
3: to this month there's all kinds of good stuff
2: uh last let's see well, I uh, saw malignant early this uh this um, october but uh tomorrow well i think actually tonight they we say they open friday but they really open thursday lamb which uh, yeah. i don't know anything about but i'm gonna go see it tomorrow that
3: would i think we caught the trailer when we saw the green night and uh I was definitely intrigued. It, it just looks so unusual.
2: Yeah, you know? I think it's made by that same group, uh, so A24. So I think it's going to be, it'll be interesting and probably well-made. But will it be, see, I really like Midsummer, which is also slow, but I really enjoyed Love it. And Green not I can't say it's a bad movie, but it was very, very uh, dull for me.
3: It, I, I I will say that. I, I It's a ponderous movie, but I ended up, I loved it. I really did. No, no,
2: that's, yeah. So um, I assume this will, this will probably be um, along those lines where it looks like it'll probably be a slow and strange. And, but uh, it does not look like it will be, a, you know, a typical movie at all.
3: No, no. I, I think you can always count on theirs not to be like your, geez, I've seen this a hundred times right. kind of right. movie, you know. Right.
2: So I'm looking forward to it. And I like that they don't really give much away at all in the in the trailer. I wouldn't even know it's a horror movie if it did say an IMDb horror. And I think even they started to think it probably doesn't even show like what kind of movie it is. And I've noticed like in the ads now that online it says, you know, uh, a new type of horror film or something like, you know. Oh, line. is that
3: what it? Okay. But
2: yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Antlers uh, comes out the end of the month.
3: Oh, yeah. That, that I'm definitely geeked up
2: for uh this one's uh you know it was uh postponed because of covid,
3: yep, yeah, that one like what we've been waiting for that sucker for what two years now
2: yeah it's been at least a, like, a year and a half. Time. yeah, the trailer really looks up my at like, like something i'm gonna like, I like you know the idea of a kid invoking his uh imagination and bringing forth a monster, No, it looks like oh, yeah
3: that one uh, it's it's kind of neat it, if there's one good thing about it being postponed i think we have kind of back-to-back um del toro movies to look forward to because ha- have you seen the trailer for um nightmare alley
2: no i saw that was listed on uh, upcoming movies though so on my app
3: it, it's another del toro and oh, really? it looks amazing the cast is, it horror, is phenomenal I, I think it's horror, yeah. Cause Maybe it's like uh a, like a I think like a sideshow kind of kind of vibe going on. Yeah. Yeah, you'll have to check out the trailer, Neil, because um it, it looks like it's it's gonna be intense
2: too. Halloween Kills comes out next week. I know you're not looking forward to it. I just <laughs> really disliked the last one. But yeah. the trailer looks good, but I also thought the last trailer looked good. But let's just face it, uh pretty much any horror movie that comes out, I'm gonna go see. So
3: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I say that I won't because I hated the last one. I'll probably end up going to see it, even though I think it's gonna suck.
2: It kind of makes me want to go back and watch all the old uh, Halloween's because there's a lot of um, Easter eggs of different characters from different Halloween movies that uh, that come back for this, which I think is fun. I I, yeah, I, I know in good. the trailer you get to see the three masks from uh, Halloween Three, which I think is is a nice little touch. Yep. I a friend of mine on Facebook he was like I hope they don't bring all these characters back just to kill them but it's like you know
3: they're going to what back- are you saving them for you yeah. know you're
2: going to bring back this minor character from Halloween resurrection you know and <laughs> survive like you know it's good it's uh, it's probably going to be fodder if people get killed uh but for big Halloween fans it's it's kind of fun like oh yeah I know this character from you know it oh yeah it's a little weird because those movies don't exist in this Halloween world, but it's still cool.
3: yeah, I'm not really sure how they um how they plan on you know what's
2: yeah from I think in this world, the only thing that's you know can in is the original Halloween and then this last Halloween.
3: Oh, is that what it is?
2: Yeah, they skip over all of them. Oh okay for some reason. I don't I get like maybe uh honestly I think you could have just did a uh sequel from H2O. I know they really went a different way with the one character, but I don't know why you had to skip Halloween 2. Um I yeah, don't, I don't really know what either. what benefit it was to have Michael and and uh and the woman not, you know, brother and sister.
3: Yeah, I don't get that.
2: I guess I the didn't. idea is you know they just didn't want it goes back to the original idea where there's no reason he's a killer. Oh, okay. You know, he's just a straight up killer. So, I don't know.
3: <laughs> there's a, a new VHS movie coming out on Shutter, I think. Uh, I think it starts this weekend. Oh, really? Yeah, VHS uh, 94.
2: Oh, so they made another sequel to those.
3: Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. I've enjoyed those.
2: Yeah all the um all the uh, streaming sites are really going all out this year for Halloween. All of them oh yeah. A ton of uh, of uh it's cool cuz it's a good mix of new horror stuff and um and you know new stuff that's you know made for like these different streaming sites and then a lot of classic stuff.
3: Oh yeah, so I'm looking forward to really all of that jazz like uh you know the the stuff we've already mentioned that it's you know coming to the theaters and then I think we had talked before Fathom events. I think they have a bunch of the classics coming back to the big screen, and you know, and then the streaming sites. I mean, you, I know that's one on Shutter. I'm sure they have other things coming out, and then there's a, a Bloomhouse thing. Yeah, on, we're, on Amazon.
2: Yeah, we're going to have uh, Gigi Sol uh, Guerrero on. Uh, oh, nice. Her movies is on there. So I, I don't know if they're out yet or, or if they're coming, you know, I like think different they just, start, they just started last, last week. Cause I believe. Oh, okay. it was up. oh, all right. Bingo. Hell.
3: That one looks so good. We watched that the Rich trailer for it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think he's the guy that runs the bingo and, uh, yeah, he looks all evil, which he always does, which
2: is great. Yeah. She was, uh, we were going to do that this week, but she's in San Diego doing press for, uh, for the, it's like into the boom house, I think, but, uh, she'll be on, uh, you in the coming weeks so it'll be fun excellent uh, oh, she's play always play- great yes, yeah but this time we'll get to uh do it on video nice so be I, good I think time. we should all wear lucha masks
3: <laughs> oh <laughs> i like that i might have to borrow one from you yeah
2: so i just uh confirmed this uh just while we we're doing the show he read he, he meant he uh got back to me michael bailey smith is going to be on the show soon and he played uh he's one of the one of the uh the mutants in the in the Hills of Eyes uh, remake, and he was also oh, nice. the big. Do you remember in uh, Freddy Part Five, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Five, when Jason's all big for a scene, and he's like a, the bodybuilder Jason. I mean, uh, oh Freddy. yeah,
3: uh, Freddy. Yep, yeah.
2: yep. He played that character, so it's going to be very fun. Oh, awesome! He's the big bodybuilding Freddy, so. Ah uh, yeah. So it's, yeah, that's going to be a fun interview. Uh you know, I don't think it's a guy we, you know, h- hear a lot from, so uh that'll be good.
3: Yeah. That's that's great. That uh that should be a good time too.
2: Yeah, uh it's cool um you know, I don't want to talk too much about like a, a local theater, but Brattle um for October and November they're doing Folk Horror. So uh Ooh. they actually call it a Folk Horror, horror Beyond the Wicker Man because a lot of people just <laughs> just think then I know, to say, you know, everyone, all folk horror, everyone wants to say it's like a copy of Wicker Man. And I get that, that it's probably the best of the folk horror, but yeah. you don't say every movie is, you know, a copy of uh, Friday 13th or a copy of uh, of uh, Halloween. You know, there's, there's lots Frankenstein of-
3: Frankenstein or anything right, like yeah. that. Yeah. You,
2: know, you know, all slash slashers is, you know, it's a bigger subgenre, but uh, folk is also a subgenre. So they're not all copies of Wicker Man.
3: Oh exactly you've seen a lot that are completely different but you know even midsummer i think in.
2: people really call like a remake of of wicker man i think maybe inspired but uh, i mean it's a much different movie
3: oh yeah without a doubt
2: but that's fun cuz that's a sub genre you don't really doesn't get a lot of love outside of like wicker man and midsummer but i do think midsummer kind of brought like uh, some of that back yeah. some love to that genre back so yeah, which is
3: them. awesome, I think. Like I because I, I love that genre. Like they can make like a ton of movies as long as you make them good. It's like the zombie movies, you know? Like yeah. there could be a million of them, but as long as like you know, some of them are good, you might have to weed through some bad ones. So I have no problem, like keep them going.
2: I agree. Yeah, you just uh, I think you gotta do something new with them. Mm-hmm. And we have seen, like, yeah, I'll sometimes like, oh, you know, another zombie movie, but, um, you know, and then something will come along that really did something, you know, different with the with the genre, and, and I'll enjoy it.
3: Oh yeah, yep.
2: You know, you just gotta do something different. Uh, so The Walking Dead. Speaking of zombies, it's uh, this is the final season, and. Uh, I don't know. I'm not been digging it, but I will say in the comic, this is not my favorite part of the comic either.
3: Oh yeah. Things start slowing down.
2: Yeah. It's pretty bad until the very end. And I think a big problem too is with the show is they killed off a lot of main characters that get a lot of these storylines in the later issues. And so (laughs) they can't do them with with the, the characters from the comic. So Instead of wow. doing with like newer characters that you really like, um, for example, in this last season, there's one of the major stories in the comic, um, in the final, you know, the finales of the comic, is with Michonne, and oh, so God. Michonne's not even dead, but in the show, but I, I, I think that act that actor is doing a lot of you know Marvel movies and stuff, so maybe they're just not around for. It. So anyway, instead of doing it with Michonne, they do it with this other character that I, I honestly can't even remember the name of. Oh no! If yeah, if you're not invested in this character at all, it's weird to give it to give one to give it like a huge, you know, storyline.
3: Yeah,
2: is this kind no, of that's kind of really strange. Um, they also like uh, I don't know. They change a lot from the. I've always felt that the show is usually at the best when it it's more along the lines of what what happened in the comic.
3: Yeah, I agree.
2: But uh, here are the list of uh, folklore Beyond Wicker Man at the Brattle Theater. So if you're in the Boston area, wood, Woodlands, Dark, and Days Bewitched. I've never heard of this. No.
3: What year is that from?
2: Um, it says it's an in-depth documentary. Oh, okay. So that would be interesting. The Blood on Satan's Claw. I think that's an old movie, hmm. which I've not seen. It doesn't say anything about it. Yeah, Woodlands Dark Dark and Days Bewitched, A History of Folk Horror. So that sounds cool. Uh, The Blood on Saints Clio, yeah, 1971. Oh, wow. I've not seen that. That that sounds interesting. Night of the Eagle, that's from 62. Wow.
3: Yeah, so obviously they're all not copies of The Wicker Man, you know,
2: yeah. Uh, Layer of the White Worm.
3: I haven't seen that movie in a hundred years. So,
2: like, I remember yeah, when, when I was, like, I didn't King, like,
3: like it when I was younger, yeah, I, didn't I don't know. It's I might a, have to go back to that someday.
2: I remember it used to be on, um, like, uh, when we first got HBO and well, I guess we had HBO for a while, but it used to play a lot on like the, the pay cable channels.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Cinemax, one of those. Uh, Jug Face, that's a modern um, horror movie. That's uh, I enjoyed
3: that one a lot. I liked it a lot. Uh,
2: Larry Fessenden is in it, who I'm a big fan of. Yep. The Wind from 2019. Uh, I don't know this one, but looks pretty hmm. cool. They only show the poster. and they don't really... See. Candyman, interesting. That does fit, if you think about it.
3: Yeah, I guess it would. I guess, you know, like um, kind of that urban mythology kind of thing. So, yeah.
2: Uh, Ganjan Hess. thats um, uh, black, considered black exploitation, um, but it's hmm. not really typical to a lot of the black exploitation. But what is interesting is that's um, one of the f- maybe the only other movie with a horror movie with uh, Dwayne Jones in it from uh, the lead from *Night of Living Dead*. Oh, okay. You have never seen Twitter.
3: that. I'd like to see that.
2: Yeah, it streamed on Shutter <laughs> a few years ago. It's a kind of a long, slow movie, but um, it's cool. Oh, okay. uh, *Hereditary* which I didn't really like at first, but I really like it more now yeah. when I watch it for their interview. Allison's birthday from 81. I've not heard mm. of it. the poster is whacked. Well, they have a ton of these movies. huh? Yeah, I don't know if I'll be able to see all of these movies. But... Oh, it does say in this exploitation, which I just found out is a term exploitation. That's like horror films from uh, or just not horror movies, but movies that uh, from Australia from like in the 80s. I didn't know that
3: was such a thing.
2: Yeah, well known. And this Ozploitation cult classic, a young, I will say everything's a cult classic, even just because it's old, but, but (laughs) maybe it is. I've never heard of it. A young woman has been unknowingly groomed for sacrifice on her 19th birthday by her so-called family. With themes that stretch from Rosemary's Baby to recent horror classics Hereditary and Get Out, Allison's birthday is ripe for rediscovery. Interesting. Oh.
3: Maybe we'll try you might to, have find, to look into that one.
2: Yeah, maybe we'll try to find uh, some some guests from these movies. That would be fun. Yeah, a lot so of. When life,
3: you said exploitation, I was thinking The Wizard of Oz, and I was like, Well, right. besides yeah. Zardoz, what what do you really have?
2: You know? Yeah, I didn't know it was a term. Maybe for the whiz. <laughs> The Witch. The Witch I liked. Here's one uh, we really love. And another one I didn't think about in folklore, but it definitely fits is uh, Pumpkinhead.
3: Oh, yeah. Yep. Can't go wrong with Pumpkinhead.
2: Lake of the Dead from 1958. Mm. Oh, wow. I don't know if we'll uh, find anyone from it, but that would be. Mm. A group of friends travel to a remote cabin with the intent of visiting the brother of one of their. Number. I don't. This isn't written written very well. But once there, they find no sign of him. According to local legend, anyone staying in the cabin will be doomed to drown themselves in the haunted lake nearby. Mm. It's not long before they realize that they may have been cursed with some with the same fate. Renowned in Norway, yet little known outside of its home country, Lake of the Dead is atmospheric chiller, sure to appeal to fans of folklore and gothic literature. I'll be damned. I
3: yeah, I didn't know this movie existed
2: either. I'm
3: getting schooled tonight from uh, from the brattle.
2: Clear cut from ninety-one. Not familiar with this one either. Kuro Nico. It's an Asian film from the 60s. Hmm. Marketa Lazarova. It's a Czech film from 1964, 67. Wow. And a field in England. This is one I've heard a lot about. I've never seen it, but it's also uh, playing on uh, not, I think, not to be, but one of those uh, for Halloween. I've always heard it's like a classic, like uh, it's. Uh, Let's see. I'll read what it's about. During the Civil War in 17th century England, a small group of deserters flee from a raging battle through an overgrown field. They are captured by an alchemist who forces a group to aid him in search of a hidden treasure that he believes is buried in the field. Ben Wheatley's incredible psychedelic vision is a masterpiece of the folk horror revival. I'll be damned. Yeah, I've heard a lot about this, but I've never seen it. So that's one I'm going to have to seek out and watch. How many
3: movies with alchemists in them? So,
2: yeah. Uh, Ian McDade says, uh, "Do yours?" Looking forward to the new Halloween. Uh, yeah, we talked about Halloween kills. Um, Adam Park says, "Oh, uh, oh, yeah." So, yeah. If you guys want, I'll, I'll post the the Zoom link here if you guys want to come in. If you don't mind taking some zooms, you know, Troy doesn't we'll like zoom. It. them in. I'm just kidding. Uh, full chat room tonight. AJ Zylus, a super Freddy. There you go, super Freddy. Does Troy Troy Jones have a YouTube channel or podcast? Well, he's right here on this very podcast. On this YouTube, here I am. Yeah, I exist. What he thinks is going on here. So, uh, we're posting the Zoom link here. If you guys would like to zoom in,
3: come on and zoom, 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 (laughs) zoom.
2: Ian McDade, what what is your favorite Michael Myers in all of the Halloween franchise? Oh geez. Mm.
3: Yeah, he's he's tough to beat. I, I do I I'll, I'll admit it, it's not like the popular opinion, but I, I I do like the uh the Michael in um Rob Zombies Halloween too.
2: Yeah, no, that's he's, good.
3: He's pretty badass.
2: Yeah. It's just so different, but at the same time, I will say this: I do think um, if you're going to make a, a remake of a horror movie, you don't want to just do the same movie because otherwise, what is the point? So yeah. he, he, I will give him credit. To try to do something different. I think it's kind of to me it loses the point of the original one, but he just has a different point. But I don't think it. it probably I probably would liked it better if it was just uh, some new movie. That's also how I feel. I about, love them both. Uh, that's also how I feel about Dawn of the Dead. The New Dawn of the Dead. Okay. I probably would have liked it a lot more if it was some zombie movie. As opposed. Uh, By the way, it was cool. Uh, AMC, um, every Wednesday and Friday through uh, October, uh, they're doing a mystery uh, horror film. So you don't know what it is, but it's only 5 bucks. So I went Friday for the very first one, and went in there, and no one that doesn't tell you anything. The movie just starts. And then, uh, bam, it was uh, the... um, the dawn of the dead remake from the early two thousands. And I never really was a big, I know a lot of people love it. I'm not a huge, I was, I really didn't like it at the time. And I kind of, I probably enjoyed it more this time watching it, but it's still, it's kind of a, I don't know. It's like someone just besides it being in a mall, it really has little to do with dawn of the dead. Yeah. social Commentary anything. It's just kind of like a cool zombie movie. We have a horseshoe sighting. I see him now. Hey! Even Butler says Layer the White Worm is one bizarre film. That it is. It is a strange one. Oh! I got the
3: cat. Adam's got a cat. He's yeah. got the cat. Oh! What's your cat's name, Adam? Ruby.
2: Ruby. I like it. It's like Ruby Soho in AEW Wrestling. That's right. Ruby, don't take your love to town. Ian says, you uh, told your comic books was bad for you. You're going to rot your, your brain. It's Rob true. Russell thought Mr. Savini is a master of horror arts. He's a national treasure, I agree. Agreed. to said uh, thanks. Uh, thank you very much, Mr. Sminni, for your service in Vietnam. Much respect. Absolutely. I uh, I suggest uh, checking out the um, the document. Absolutely. What, what's going on, Horseshoe?
3: Not much. You pumped, Adam? A- what are you doing for Halloween? What are you, are you dressing up?
2: Cause I am. Good man. What are you dressing up as? I don't know yet. Dress up as Nasty Neil. You gotta
3: get a top hat.
2: Get a top hat, get a, get a nice jacket. I could do that. that We're dress up as Ruby.
3: No.
2: Dress up as Ruby. Yeah, you can make a nice cat, I think. Yes, I could. So
3: what have you been up to, Adam? Anything good going on? Not much. How's Boston treating you? All right, it's good.
2: Oh, you're living up in Boston now. By the way, I'm going to go see lamb tomorrow. I'm thinking about going to get a lamb Euro after I see lamb, but I don't Is that important? nice? Nice. Well, I wonder uh, if I feel bad, but well, I feel bad eating lamb after. I, I guess it depends. It on depends, the- yeah. like <laughs> it.
3: You want to adopt one afterwards. You might not want to eat the sandwich.
2: Maybe I'll be like, screw this damn lamb. I'm going to go devour it. (laughs) (laughs) You never know. All right. It's true. uh, What's your favorite Halloween candy? I like Reese's. Reese's? Yeah, you can't go wrong with Reese's.
3: Oh, Reese's pizza. Ah, Can't go wrong. Peanut butter. Yeah. Cups or pieces. I'll take them all.
2: You do it up.
3: Are you pro or anti
2: candy corn, Adam? This is the debate that rages on. Yes. I like candy corn. You like candy corn?
3: Yeah. All right, good man.
2: You have a who's your favorite monster cereal?
0: Ooh,
3: monster
2: cereal. I'm a booberry or Frankenberry, man. Probably I
3: bet, I bet Adam likes the count chocolate. That's my guess. My, my own
2: You got booberry, you got Frankenberry, you got count chocolate. And then they had uh, yummy mummy and fruit fruit. One of those should have been, like, vanilla. Yummy Mummy's Perfect Vanilla. Yep, yes, that but would they're have no been fruit. awesome. How, much fruit, how many fruit cereals you need? That was their downfall. They had too many. Too fruit. many fruities. Yep, that killed them. Yummy Mummy, if you would have been vanilla, sales through the roof.
3: Yep, they'd still be around today. It wouldn't have to be a...
2: October special thing. Exactly. And the creature up here, he never got his own. Maybe a mint. Oh, yeah. Wow. I,
3: I don't think they've ever made a mint uh, breakfast yeah. cereal.
2: Probably just tastes like mouthwash.
3: That's probably true. Be like Scope breakfast cereal.
2: But uh, my favorite is probably uh, you can get these on the Without Your Head uh, merch page, and that is a Nasty O's you can't go
3: wrong with the nastios. And treacherous treat. It's true. I don't have my, my shirt on for that. I, I have the, uh, gonna wear it, but I the Halloween from last.
2: Time. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. So coming up, you actually. Speaking of Halloween. Oh,
3: oh tell, tell us. treat today at the end.
2: And you are not gonna believe what they had out. What did they have out? Way too fun. They had Christmas
3: stuff originally.
2: Christmas. Out,
3: and it's not even
2: Halloween yet. I'm Isn't not it even a little early. Christmas? But yeah. <laughs> so it is a little, it's way too oh. early. Yeah. I do wanna mention though, coming up uh, October twenty fourth, it'll be a Sunday this time. Severed Limbs Film Festival 7. More days to Halloween. And it's going to be a good time. Totally free right here on the YouTube page. So subscribe. Hit the little bell icon so you get a notification every time we're live. Every time we post a new video. And it's going to be a free night of horror shorts. A lot of cool underground, weird, graphic, you know, uh, gory horror shorts. It's going to be very fun. That'll be a good time. Those are always a good time. Yes, and this Saturday, because we're heading down to Halloween, so it's a return of the horror featured double header two horror films this Saturday. Totally free. You're going to see Witch Hunt by Rick Chandler, which that before. And we also see Old Man of the Rooks, which is a horror anthology. Oh, nice. Cool uh, trailer. So that's going to start at 7 p.m. Eastern. This one cent. There
3: be definitely tuning in for that one. Do it up.
2: Alright, anything else there, Adam, before we head off into other into the wild? No, not yet. Alright, well it was good to see okay. you. Okay. Good to see you, my friend.
3: Yeah. Here's the fire horseshoe. Here's the fire. Oh, there <laughs> it is. All right. Excellent. You have a Ruby's on fire.
1: There he yes. goes.
3: Good night, have a, Adam. Have
2: a good night. Right. Enjoy your Halloween. I will. Good candy. Avoid the yes. razor blades. All right. And uh, Troy, we'll be back here next week on Without Your Head. I'm sure we have some okay. guests lined up, but I we think will. I'll have to figure out who's on which night's.
3: Okay, excellent. So it's kind of like your mystery movie there, you know, we'll wait and see.
2: Oh, I do know. I think I do know who's on next week.
3: Is it a secret?
2: Well, what you should do is go and join uh, the Without Your Head group on Facebook. It's very active and um
3: bunch of good people there.
2: Yeah. And then you'll find some out
3: bad people like
2: me. Whoa. You usually find out, uh, you know, firsthand, you know, who the guests are and stuff. Yep. So I do that. Go and join that because we actually have a few guests, but I guess I to get them all uh, organized. All right. I got some more stuff I'm going to put up here for Halloween. I've got like uh, Halloween uh, ornaments. Whoa! Put these up. I have lights, which I did put up, but they were. Uh, I I got to redo it anyway. So lights. We're gonna go all out here for October. there we got a bunch of gourds around here.
3: I love the gourds. I was just checking those out during the show.
2: You did mention uh, you tiki
3: uh, mugs, which I love.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um. Actually, it was cool before we went live. Tom Savini was a big fan of me.
3: Oh, really? Yeah. Excellent.
2: Very cool. He seemed like a really good guy. And, um, you yeah. know, you mentioned a uh, Halloween costume. We should do the costume contest again, too. So I'll have to figure that out. Oh, yeah, that's
3: true. See, everything sneaks up on me, Chief.
2: Exactly. And then this year, we're also going to bring back, no, we don't want to even talk about Christmas yet, but we will be bringing back the secret seat. Okay. Because of, uh, we don't
3: Christmas. want Horseshoe getting mad at us, bringing out huh. the Christmas exactly. too early.
2: All right. So people go out check out uh, Smoke and Mirrors, the story of Tom Savini. Yes. It worked out very well with Tom Savini is in that. Otherwise, been, you know, who knows what would have been going on?
3: It would have been very strange.
2: Would have indeed. So uh, check that out. That'll be fun. Uh, it is fun. I've watched it. It's not just fun, though. It's a really interesting, different side of Tom Savini and lots of cool horse stuff. There's a lot there. of stuff I didn't know. Yeah, and a lot of cool horror stuff out there. As Troy mentioned, you've got the uh, Into the Boom House That's on Amazon, I think. Any of those streaming sites, yeah. There's there's tons of horror content out there. Go yeah, out Hulu's there and watch
3: things. I think it's the Halloween and
2: or Halloween. Yeah, whatever you're into go back and relive the classics or discover new fun independent films that could become your classics of the future. Absolutely. It's not one or the other. You can enjoy both. You can enjoy them all.
3: You know, yeah. watch your uh watch the Halloween Star Wars Lego special on Star on Disney Plus. Yeah. It's very good. Is it really? It was. I enjoyed it a ton. Hmm. I'm a sucker for the Lego stuff. The Lego stuff is very, very amusing to me. Okay. I don't think I've
2: ever watched any of it.
3: Watch a Lego movie. Well, Lego movies good. I'm just so.
2: yelling at people not to be curmudgeons, and I'm like, I don't want to watch that shit.
3: Yeah. <laughs> own
2: <have> <laughs> advice, I guess. <laughs>
3: you might find a little joy in the Legos, Neil. You I'm never know.
2: I might just find joy in life.
3: In life, you might find some joy. You never know. <laughs> Give it
2: a chance. All right. So, uh, don't uh, be
3: like Scrooge all the
2: time. <laughs> Uh, uh, we miss a uh, treacherous Trista here on the show.
3: Always thinking of treacherous Trista.
2: All right, so we're gonna head on out. And we will be we'll do it again yeah. till next week. This is Nasty Neil.
3: This is Terrible Troy.
2: This is without your head. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Ha 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 ha